0: Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to today's episode of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Today we're continuing our series of sense-related phrases with some sight-related terms. Stay tuned after the end of the episode for a promo for one of my pod pals from the Podfix Network. Now, let's see what we can learn about today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up today is the saying "monkey see, monkey do." This one is used to say that you learn to do something without really knowing much about it. Put more simply, it's about being a mimic. This is a pigeon saying, so let's take a quick look at what pigeon means. Spelled P-I-D-G-I-N, a pigeon language is a language that simplifies communication between people who do not speak the same language. Basically, when people needed to talk but didn't speak the same language, they would find ways to combine their separate languages, or even other languages, into one simple form of communication. Because this saying comes from a pidgin language, no one knows for certain where it came from. But the main theory I found was that it came from West African folklore, and part of what makes this a likely pidgin saying is that versions of the story are found in several other cultures as well, indicating that it may have been a shared story across many languages. The story became better known when Esfer Slobikina, a Russian-American artist, author, and illustrator, published it as the story Caps for Sale in 1940. Here's a quick summary of the story. A hat salesman wears all his hats on his head, stacked up by color. He isn't having much luck selling his hats, so he takes a break to take a nap outside of town one day. When he wakes up, a bunch of monkeys have taken all the hats he had for sale, leaving him only his own. He fusses at them to give his hats back, but no matter what he does or says, the monkeys won't return the hats. He gets so frustrated that he throws down his own hat, an action which the monkeys copy. He picks up all the hats, which are happily undamaged, and stacks them back up on his head before heading into town to try selling them again. The monkeys saw what he did and copied him without understanding why he was doing it, which definitely sounds like the saying. So with that, let's be deceiving. To pull the wool over someone's eyes means to trick them. One popular theory for this one is that it comes from the large wool wigs that were the height of fashion in old-timey times. The main problem with this theory, though, is that those wigs were becoming less popular by the 17th century, and the saying comes from the 19th century. Or at least, it doesn't show up in print until then. In a newspaper from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, we find the following in an article from November 20, 1835. Quote, we are glad to find among the leading Vanites at least one man whose conscience will not permit him to go the whole hog in pulling the wool over the people's eyes. End quote. Now, some people think the next known use in print might actually tell us the origin of the saying. On July 8th of 1836, we find it used in the Burlington Free Press, a newspaper from Burlington, Vermont. It read, quote, the gentleman from Lowell again took the floor, and by way of placing Pettibone's democracy beyond doubt or cavil, triumphantly referred to his battle with Essex Bank. True, he had stayed away among the anti-Masons, but it was only to bring a dozen sheep with him to the democratic fold. By the way, we suspect the nominee has had better success in catching sheep than he has in pulling wool over the eyes of the anti-Masons. End quote. In that last line, the word sheep and the phrase pulling wool were both italicized, implying a connection between the two. This leads some people to think the saying comes from sheep farmers, but there's no way to prove that. It does make sense, though. If a sheep has its wool growing over its eyes, it would make it hard for them to see. Since tricking someone could also be said as making it hard for them to see the truth, there could certainly be a connection here. But since no one seems to know for certain, let's move on. If you give someone the hairy eyeball, it literally means that you look at them with your eyes practically closed, so that you're looking at them partially through your eyelashes. Idiomatically, it means you're suspicious or hostile towards them. This saying isn't all that old, as it seems to enter the vernacular in the 1960s. Now, the exact origin of this one is up in the air, but it is likely related to eyeballing someone, an older saying meaning to stare at or identify a person. The first known use in print I could find of hairy eyeball comes from a Galveston, Texas newspaper called the Galveston Daily News. In an article from November of 1961, we find the following from an interview with Carol Burnett. Talking about her sister, she said, quote, she was telling me about a boy looking at her and she said, he gave me the hairy eyeball. That meant he liked her. End quote. So while this is the right saying, it has a meaning that is pretty much the opposite of how it's used today, showing admiration instead of annoyance. While the reason for the switch seems unknown, it was being used negatively by 1963, as we find it in the New York Daily Times that year also in November. It said, quote, He gave me the hairy eyeball, means that someone is disapproving. End quote. I didn't find anything else out about this one, so now I have a couple of of turn-of-phrases tidbits for you. Seeing eye-to-eye means you agree with someone, and this one comes from the Bible. It's found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, verse 8, which says, Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing. For they shall see eye to eye, when the Lord shall bring again Zion. During the Korean War, a similar saying, eyeball to eyeball, came into use, meaning being face to face with the enemy. There's not really anything else to this one. We know exactly where it came from, but it's a popular one, so I wanted to share it. Let's move on. An eye for an eye, also said as the longer version of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, means that a wrong should be punished by an equal wrong. This phrase, or at least the idea behind it, is thought to have come from ancient Babylon, specifically the Code of Hammurabi, who was the king of Babylon from 1792 to 1750 BC. It was said as, quote, If a man has destroyed the eye of a man of the gentleman class, they shall destroy his eye. It's also in the Bible more than once, but the earliest use is in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 19, verse 21. It says, Life shall go for life, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Now, before moving on, I want to mention that some people attribute the newer saying of an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind to Gandhi, but there is no proof he actually ever said this. So with that, it's time for today's familiar quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is from Shannon Alder. Here's what she had to say about seeing. Quote, Truth and facts are woven together. However, sometimes facts can blind you from seeing what is actually going on in someone's life. End quote. Thank you, Ms. Adler, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, Toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words. Love advice from old-timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't let your husband expect to read all your correspondence as a matter of course. Each should respect the other's privacy. And now for the men. Don't hesitate to talk politics with your wife. Many men are satisfied to believe that women don't understand politics. Why don't they? Because they never have a chance to crystallize their beliefs by thrashing out questions of public interest in argument with men who have studied them. Encourage your wife to read and talk of political matters. Never mind if she sees things quite differently from you. Let her form her own views and express them. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. Also, check out the show notes for links to the Podfix Network and to my merch store. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Last but not least, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast. Researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. I'll see you next time, toppers. Toodaloo. And now... Yes, yes. Let me rephrase. Esfer for Slobod... Nope. <laughs> um, when Esfer for Slobodkina... Slobodkina. And he... So he takes a... He isn't... Uh, now, before moving on, I want to mention that some people actually. At- at- <laughs> this has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to PodfixNetwork.com. The Fan Counters podcast is the biggest thing to hit Hollywood in years. We've all had a celebrity encounter, or know someone who has, and we've heard the stories. But what are those encounters like for the celebrity? On Fan Counters, celebrities dish about their encounters with fans. Fans are what made you or braved you. Can I take a picture? Gotta, oh my God. I can't even believe this is true. I can't even believe I'm saying this. This is one of those times that I kind of feel bad about. I've had so many like great fan encounters at events. I will never forget this. I get a lot of like marriage proposals. It's actually quite funny to see a fan go, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Don't miss new Fan Counters episodes each and every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Tune In, and more. You can find a complete list of where to find Fan Counters on our website, FanCounters.com. Fan Counters is the biggest celebrity interview show to ever hit the podcasting world. Don't miss a single episode of Fan Counters.